0: Your locked on Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas just Raiders, win. part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Just win. Your team just every win. day.
1: Just win is a Raider, pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won
2: and won. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Wednesday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, June twenty third. 2021, We are muscling through and powering through the month of June. We're staring July straight in the face. And before you know it, training camp will be right here. Very, very excited about that. Also very excited about today's show. Coming up on today's show, segment number three, I got calls and texts straight off that Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line 707-654-4693. Got a lot of feedback on the conversation we were having on Tuesday, talking about three most impactful players on offense. Got a lot of conversation and got a lot of feedback based off Carl Nassib and what was going on with him, him coming out on Tuesday and saying that, or coming out on Monday, excuse me, and saying that he was gay. Uh, I think it was great. I don't think it's a big deal. Some people felt some kind of way about it, but it still stole the headlines all day on Tuesday. It was a big time talking point throughout the uh, throughout the media, you know, all day on Tuesday and in, in the sports world. So I uh, got a lot of feedback on that as well. Still getting feedback on Derek Carr, getting feedback on the defense, just a ton of stuff that we've been getting to. So uh, definitely going to have that coming up in segment number three, and I know I said on Tuesday that I was going to have the three most impactful players on defense. I'm actually going to push that and hold on to that until Thursday. I might even hold on to that till Friday because I did do a crossover edition with uh, Cody Rourke from Locked On Broncos. He wanted to catch up with me and talk a little Broncos and Raiders, and so I might have that come up on Thursday's show, but I'm going to push the, the three most impactful players on defense, and I do have that coming up this week because I jumped on a couple different radio stations in, or radio shows in Las Vegas, on Tuesday. One, Cofield and Company, my normal hit on Tuesdays. That was a fun conversation. We kind of scatter shoot and talk all kind of sports. And then on uh, also Vinny Bonsignor's in the huddle on Raider Nation Radio 920 jumped on that one as well. So I'm going to bring you the conversation I did with Vinny. I was thinking about bringing the one with Cofield and Company, but most of it was about Carl Nassib. And then there was a little bit about uh, Damon Arnett and that was it. And so we've kind of talked about both of those subjects uh, this week. So we're just going to go ahead and I'm going to use Vinny Bonsignor's conversation that we had in the huddle on Tuesday on Raider Nation Radio 920. That'll come up in segment number two. Here in segment number one, gonna be news and notes of the day, and honestly, most of the news and notes of the day was about Carl Nassib and I I do like the fact that there's a lot of talk about him and I feel like there's a lot more positive talk than there is negative now don't get me wrong there is negative talk there's a lot of people who think that he just came out and said what he said to try to put the Raiders in a bad position so they can't cut him or release him and I I don't buy that I'll tell you that right now uh yeah it could be whatever you want to call it you could call it a bad PR look if you want to but quite frankly if the dude can't play he just can't play you know so if he's in training camp and he doesn't fit the bill, and he doesn't do what Gus Bradley and John Gruden and company want him to do, then they release him, then they release him. I mean, it is what it is, and you just take it for that. You know, I don't think that he came out to try to – force the Raiders' hand. One, I don't think he was getting cut or released to begin with. I think all he had to do was step up and really kind of play his role and he'd be fine. Maybe now that he's got this big, huge weight off his shoulders, maybe now he'll be able to actually step up and play a little bit better than he did his first year with the Raiders. And oh, by the way, we're giving everybody else on the defense a pass because of the the, the terrible uh, coaching that was going on with Paul Gunther and company, so why doesn't Carl Nassib get a pass? So again, I'm not trying to make excuses for the guy. He's going to have to go out and earn his spot during training camp, but I do think Think he will, and I don't think he put the Raiders in a bad position. And again, I I just kind of look across the world in sports and say, man, there's a ton of respect for what Carl Nassib had to do or what he had to say on Monday. And one sign of that is that, and this comes from Adam Schefter, Raiders defensive end Carl Nassib is the top-selling NFL jersey across the Fanatics network, uh, both yesterday and today, and that that came out on Tuesday. So Monday and Tuesday, all of a sudden, Carl Nassib's jersey, Raider jersey, started selling like hotcakes. So uh, there's a lot of fans that are just all of a sudden gravitating to the Raiders and gravitating to Carl Nassib because he was brave enough to come out and say what he had to say. And again, I've I've let it be known that I think it was very courageous. I salute him for that. I know some people will hit me up and say, how can you salute him for that? He didn't do anything. So he came out and said he was gay. So what? Look, I don't think that that's easy. I know that's not easy, and again, I give him a lot of credit for that, and I think that now that he has done that, he's able to go out there and live his best life and just kind of be him and do what what he can do to the best of his ability, which in the Raiders' uh, opinion and and what the Raiders want him to do is go out there and get after the quarterback. Also, I thought it was kind of cool that the NFL decided to match Carl Nassib's donation that he made to the Trevor Foundation, the Trevor Project. Uh, The NFL put out a piece saying the NFL is supporting the Raiders' defensive end, Carl Nassib. By matching his donation of $100,000 contribution to the Trevor Project, the leading national organization focused on crisis and suicide prevention efforts among lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, and questioning youth. So we all know that the NFL is a money-making machine. So to see them go ahead and say, hey, Carl Nassib is donating $100,000, we are too. And I know $100,000 is nothing. That's a drop in the in the, uh, in the the bucket. And it's also a really good PR look. But I just think that it's cool that they did that. And I think that it's cool that Carl Nassib is kind of leading the charge. Also, on uh, on Tuesday, I had multiple people hit me up and say, hey, how many Raider players have you actually heard come out and say and support Carl Nassib on what he said. And I, I mentioned on Tuesday's show that Cleve Farrell had come out and said something. Jonathan Hankins had come out and said something. And a lot of people were like, hey, where's the leader of the team? Where's Derek Carr? Where's the quarterback at? And apparently, and this is before I went on with Vinny Bonsignor on Radio Nation Radio 920, Derek Carr's people sent a text message to Vinny. And this is what happens when you develop really, really good relationships with players in the organization. You'll get those text messages. You'll get the information from those guys. And so Derek Carr's people actually hit up Vinny and said, after speaking privately to teammate Carl Nassib, who announced on Monday he's gay, Raiders quarterback Derek Carr has released a statement. In a text to the Las Vegas Review-Journal, that's Vinny Bonsignor, Carr said, I have often said I love my teammates. I mean it. We always say we are family in that Raider locker room, and we mean that too. I want to win a champ here with Carl and the rest of our teammates. So Derek Carr, let it be known that regardless of his you know, Christian beliefs and if that may be something, you know, Carl coming out saying that he's gay may not be something that goes and, and coincides 100% with his beliefs. He has his back 100%. He loves him as a teammate, and he wants to go out there and win with Carl and the rest of the teammates. I think that was very responsible. I think that was very smart. Uh, I think that showed the leadership that you want in your starting quarterback. And, again, it's something, and I hate that, We're in this place where you've got to speak on it. You've got to say something. If you don't say something, then it's like, okay, you don't like him or you're mad at him or you think that he shouldn't be doing what he's doing. I don't think any of that. I don't think that anybody should have to come out and say something. But if he doesn't, because the world we live in right now where it's all about social media, it's got to be on a post, it's got to be put out there. Like Derek Carr could have called him. Every one of his teammates could have called him and talked to him and said, hey, man, cool, good for you. Or, hey, man, I don't like that. But because – We don't see it on social media. We don't see it on Instagram. We don't see it on Twitter. Then it doesn't happen. And that's not... The real deal. So kudos to Derek Carr and his people for reaching out to Vinny and at least kind of passing that word along. Because if not, Derek Carr was going to get drugged through the mud. He was going to get drugged through the mud as a guy who, oh my gosh, he doesn't support Carl Nassif. Oh my gosh, there's going to be a a riff in the locker room. Oh my gosh, what's going to happen? Oh my gosh, this is going to be the distraction that's going to ruin the Raiders season before it ever gets started. There was going to be so many narratives that were going to be written about this. So I'm glad that Derek Carr's people did what they had to do. But I hate the fact that they had to do it if you know what I mean. So that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast, news and notes of the day. Coming up with segment number two, gonna actually hear my conversation I had with Vinny Bonsignor from Raider Nation Radio 920 on Tuesday. Really, really good conversation. You'll hear that next. Before I get into that, though, do want to tell you about betonline.ag. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sporting action baseball season of course that's going on in a major way you got nba you got nhl you got the ufc and mma and how about the nhl how about those las vegas golden knights man they are cooking right now they got an opportunity to really do some big things lots of fun if you're watching the golden knights but before your next the next goal before the next home run before the next strikeout before the next three-pointer head on over to betonline.ag on your laptop or your mobile device check out all the great sporting news sign up bonuses and contest information get off the sidelines man Get into the game and make a run in the playoffs like your team's in the playoffs. Again, go to the website using your mobile device. Sign up today. Receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. How do you do that? You got to use the promo code Locked On. It's real simple. BetOnline.ag, promo code Locked On Get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag is your online sportsbook experts. Segment number two, it's on the way.
0: Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
2: All right, Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Cut segment one a little bit short because I know that this conversation with Vinny Bonsignor went a little bit longer than, you know, most segments go. So let's go ahead and jump right into the conversation. Myself and Vinny Bonsignor from Inside the Huddle, Raider Nation Radio on Tuesday.
3: We're going to go out to the Raider Nation uh, guest line and welcome in our good friend and, um, Am I allowed to say teammate? Yeah, Q, What you, you tell me, <laughs> brother. Uh, we're talking to Q Myers, but I'm going to let him, um, you know, uh, guide us on that.
2: I mean, I'm always a teammate, man. I'm always going to be a teammate. Let's just put it like that. Uh, we're always going to be, be on the same team All together. Right.
3: <laughs> I, I got you, man. It's been, you know, it's been one of those last... Crazy 26, 27 hours. So, uh, and uh, you know, you know how it, wor- how it works in the news breaking business. Yes. So, um, we'll just leave it at that for right now. Uh, but uh, big things are coming, and um, uh, I can't wait to uh, to announce all of that. But Q... Um, just got that text from uh, from Derek Carr. I'm sure you uh, you saw uh, the content of, of what it was that he said, expressing privately his love to uh, Carl Nassib and support to Carl Nassib, and uh, and then and then uh, saying, you know, I've often said I love my teammates. I mean it. We always say we are family in that Raider locker room, and we mean that too. I want to win a championship here with Carl and the rest of our teammates. I think. Um, I think it's perfectly fine. And, uh, you know, I know everyone's going to run with, did he say it this way? How did he say it? All that kind of stuff. To me, that's like, we've had his back. He's one of our teammates. We love him. Everybody loves each other in this in his locker room. Now we want to go win a championship.
2: Yeah, I think it's great. I, I mean, I really do. I was, first of all, I was very happy that Carl Nassib came out and said what he said yesterday. I think it was great. I think that just like he said in the video, that, you know, unfortunately, it's still a day in time where these videos have to be dropped uh, at some point. Hopefully it'll just be Hey, it's cool. He is who he is. He's going to do what he's going to do and that's fine. And like Derek Carr said, go out and win a championship together. Uh, but for Derek Carr, the, the leader of the team, I know there have been some questions from folks saying you know, has he come out and said anything? Have some of the Raider teammates come out and said anything? Are they supporting him? That was a big question and I saw a couple of the, you know, the teammates kind of quoted in different pieces here and there, uh, but I hadn't heard from Derek Carr. And so for you to get that, you know, that message and then be able to relay it like that I think that's great and it kind of lets you know where the mindset of the leader of the team is in Derek Carr so uh, I think all is well Uh, I think the Raiders have always been out in front of you know these kind of these kind of not movements but these kind of situations as far as uh, you know uh, groundbreaking as they've always done whether it's a a woman in power with the team if it's a a African American head coach a a, you know a a Latino head coach I mean whatever it is they've always been in the in, in the in the forefront. And so I think that this is just another step for the Raiders. So I'm very excited, and I think that, that Derek Carr did what he was supposed to do.
3: Yeah, uh, absolutely, uh, as have uh, a bunch of his teammates. We've seen, you know, Carl's, Carl's jersey is the number one selling jersey right. in the last, what, 24 hours or so. Um, that tells you a lot about, um, you know, how people are, are embracing that. And I think, you know, Q, that's, that's uh, I've, I've reiterated this a few times, though, and that's my, my, my biggest takeaway is you know, in his, in the statement that he made subsequent, uh, to putting out that video, um, it was basically saying that he had struggled for 15 years, you know, uh, making this, uh, coming out basically, you know, all that anxiety that he had, um, you know, pre-announcing it and, uh, the, the, the naturalness and casualness and, and coolness now that everyone is expressing for him and support that, uh, uh they're expressing for him, um, you know, I'm hoping that somebody else sees that, and many other people see that, uh, and and are able to say to themselves, anyone that might be struggling the same way Carl was for the last 15 years on how to do this or whether to do this. Uh, hopefully, everything that's happened over these last 24 years or 24 hours helps somebody else and many other people just say, you know what. It's going to be okay. Uh, there's a lot of love on the other side uh, of whatever I'm worried about. Um, and to me, I hope that that's the takeaway that, that comes from this.
2: Yeah, I, I do too. And I think that it's headed in the right direction. I really do, just based off all the reaction. And look, I've seen a lot of negative reaction too. I've seen a lot of fans that, you know, feel some kind of way and think, oh, he just put this out there. So uh, the Raiders have a tougher time cutting him if he doesn't cut it, you know. And, and I don't buy that. I think that if he doesn't make the team, if in training camp he, he doesn't do what they expect him to do, and he he, he's not one of the, the best 53, they'll move on from him and just call it a day. I mean, that's just, that's, that's, that's business. That's what it's all about. It doesn't really matter who you are, but I've seen some fans say that and, and I get it. You know, you always want to kind of look into different angles of it. You don't want to just take it at, 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 you know, the surface level all the time. But I just think that it's, it's a good thing. I, I can imagine that was a huge weight on his shoulders. And I'll tell you from personal experience that anytime I have something that's really weighing heavy on me, it, it bothers me. And I can usually do a really good job of doing my job and covering up whatever's you know, on my mind to the point where you don't know there's a problem, but it's just such a burden to me. And then finally when it's not there anymore or when I finally let it out, then all of a sudden it's like, man, it's like that big sigh of relief. And so even if you don't really notice the difference in me, I noticed a difference in me, and I guarantee that you might not, Carl might be the same dude or look like the same dude or sound like the same dude that he was at practice last year, but I guarantee that that weight that's been lifted off his shoulders is amazing, and he feels 100% free. Like, there's nothing you could tell him. He is all good in the hood, and I, I just think that that is really, really major, and, and all the overwhelming support that he's received over the last 24 hours helps in that in, in that in a major way.
3: Yeah, and, uh, I forget where I read this, but somebody once said, you know, uh, anything like that, like what Carl was going through or something that was weighing heavily on your mind. I've had family members that went years without talking to each other and we've seen that before in life as well over some, you know, something insignificant or maybe even big. Uh, who knows? Um, but every situation like that is, a 30 second conversation away from just being dissipated right. and like you said free and and you don't think that and and we 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 fight against ourselves so much but it literally is the case it took him 1 minute to make that announcement and it changed his entire life and you know after after 15 years or so of fighting against it it took 1 minute for it to just go all that anxiety to just kind of dissipate just like that and to me, that's that that that's a great thing. Uh, all right, Q, and we're talking to our good friend Q Myers. Nice enough to uh, to drop by and spend some time with us uh, in the huddle on a very important uh, last 24 hours or so. Um, Q, here's the other end of this. Um, Carl Nassib could be a uh, in a in a very um, role playing type of a way, be a big part of this defense. Uh, we've we've heard Gus Bradley talk about the importance of putting together not just one defensive line, but maybe two defensive lines. Uh, that you can rotate uh, in and out, so that when you get to those last two minutes of a game, when you get to the end of a season, you're in. A, you're going to be in a much better position to have something left in the tank across the board, rather than you know uh, hoping and praying in that last minute or so of a game that guys guys can dig down and find something that might not even be there to make a play. And far too often, we've seen the Raiders not be able to make that play defensively. Um, but when you start stacking, you know in Ngakwe, Max Crosby, Cleve Farrell, maybe Malcolm Kuntz, uh, the the, the de- interior defensive lineman, Quentin Jefferson, um, you know uh, Solomon Thomas, Jonathan Hankins, Darius Spillon, and Carl Nassib. That defensive line does have the makings of a pretty good, solid group, and 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 uh, Carl Nassib. I mean, he's he's a guy that's had six, seven sacks in his career before. Um, he's he's been sh- he's shown that he can rush the passer. He could be a not a huge part of this defense but he can give them something that they didn't get from him last year, and in a big way that could have a big impact.
2: Yeah, no doubt. And I think that you asked the question, matter of fact, the defensive coordinator Gus Bradley, about Max Crosby and his snaps, and that's when he started talking about that, that two lines, and he wants to have a, a, a big enough rotation so guys are, are strong at the end of the games, because we have seen guys at the end of games just kind of bogged down and not have enough juice left in the tank, and I think that the best example of that, and I've been saying it for a while, is the San Francisco 49 who went to the Super Bowl, they had a healthy rotation of defensive linemen. They had a bunch of first-rounders, former first-round picks. They had so much going on as far as guys that could just get after the quarterback, and they just kept bringing them and bringing them and bringing them. And so there was never a guy out there tired. And so when you ask that question about Max's snaps and could they be reduced, and I feel like Gus Bradley, and this was my interpretation, is him saying that, hey, he could end up on the second line, but he's still going to get a lot of burn because we're going to have the second line out there all the time but there's going to be a healthy rotation and that's ideally what they, what they'd like to do. And so that, uh, that excites me. And then when, as it, as it pertains to Carl, Carl Nassib, he could be A part of that that second line, he could be a part of that heavy rotation, and with this extra weight late uh, off his shoulders, maybe he goes out there and plays a little bit more free than he even did a year ago, and has more impact plays than what we saw his first year with the Raiders, and he's back to that guy he was in Tampa Bay when he got six and a half sacks and he led the team in sacks. Maybe he gets closer to that. If you get six and a half sacks from a guy that you probably didn't expect to get that from based off what he did last year, you're really cooking with grease.
3: Yeah, and you know when when Unique and Gakwe talked about he and he and uh, max being a, a tandem um i think people took that to mean that they were going to be lined up opposite uh each other and there are going to be times when they are but i think it's even more than that i think he meant as a literal tandem uh you know uh they're going to be interchangeable uh in 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 many ways one replacing the other uh you know on, on in certain situations on certain downs so that the combined snaps that they play in Unique's mind, is going to be uh, the, the best tandem snaps in the league. That's how I kind of read it. I think you could take it a whole bunch of different ways, but how did you read uh, what Unique said?
2: Well, you know, I, I took it originally as they were going to be on the, on the field at the same time, and I, I don't think that that's going to happen a whole lot, only because I know that neither one of the guys are super strong against the run, but... I also realized that, and I think Gus Bradley said this as well, when he was talking about Corey Littleton and that they might put him on the outside because he sets the edge really well. So I thought, OK, hold on. Maybe they 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 you know, they flip this uh, scheme up a little bit. Maybe they get a little creative with the players in this scheme. And so maybe they could end up on the field. But uh, I, I just think that it doesn't matter when they get on the field. If they're on together, they're still going to be. Uh, alpha dog A and alpha dog B. You know what I mean? Like one's going to lead the team in, in sacks and the other one will be right behind them, if not, you know, have the same amount. And so I think we've talked on this show about, you know, if if Nick Gakway gives you 8 to 10, which you expect him to do, and Max Crosby gives you 8 to 10, that's already, you know, maxed out at 20 right there, just between the two guys. That defensive line only had 21 in 2020. So that's already a win and you're expecting someone else to step up.
3: All right, Q. Um, uh, It's the Raiders against the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, and uh, pick whichever game you want it to be there's a minute left in the game the Raiders are up by four points the the uh the Kansas City Chiefs uh have have the ball what is your front four going to look like in those obvious passing situations where the Chiefs have to you know start a drive and 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 end a drive with a touchdown what's your starting uh for looking like uh in, in that situation
2: wow that's a really good question um Man, if, if if you're only up by well, you're only up 4, so you got to score a touchdown. Um I, I would love to put Max and, and Ngakwe on the on the field at the same time, but I also don't want to give up big chunks of runs just in case someone's able to get outside. So I got to have Cleo on the field. I got to have Ngakwe on the field. Um man, that's such a good question. Um I I guess I'd roll I'd roll with uh with Hankins Hankins or Solomon Thomas, whoever proves to be a little bit better. I think Hankins. I'd probably go with season veteran a little bit. And then, oh man, I might just have to fall for the banana in the tailpipe and put Crosby out there too, just because he's going into the year three. Um, man, I'm not. I'm not sure. I, I, I'm honestly, I, I don't. I'm
3: going. I'm. I, I'm going to go unique and Gakwe. Okay. Uh, like you said, either Hankins or Solomon Thomas. Okay. Lee Farrell and Max Crosby. And okay, I think you're going to see guys lining up right. With their hand in the ground, yeah. Uh, I think you're going to see guys dropping back sometimes in pass coverage, and uh, you know a, a linebacker coming yeah. uh, from somewhere that you weren't seeing. I, that, that's where I think that that's where that's headed in that kind of a situation during the game. It's going to be you know uh, all sorts of different formations, but I, I I just have that vision in my head where Klee Farrell kicks inside alongside either Solomon or, or Hankins, and you have your two best pass rushers. In um, Max Crosby and and Yannick Ngakwe uh, flying off the edge,
2: and, and I could go for that. You know, I was I was kind of on that on that page anyway, and I just didn't know if I wanted to pull the trigger. But uh, no, the way you you know the way you have it sized up and the way you have it sounding, yeah, I, I can see that. I can see that, especially if you have better play from your linebackers as well. I can I can feel a lot more confident with that. So I'm good with that. You got to have your best guys out there uh, when it matters the most. And the other thing, the other factor here is that. I believe Jonathan Abram will be playing up in the in the box, so I think that he's going to also be a factor in that as well. So that'll help, and he could be a guy that can get after the quarterback in certain situations. Again, play that kind of Jamal Adams type role. So uh, there's a lot of different factors that go into this, but yeah, I, I can I can go with those front four that you're that you're selling.
3: All right, John Gruden and Gus Bradley, Q and I have that part of it figured out. So you can move on to the next. You can move on to the next issue, whatever that might be, uh, and how you want to uh, handle that situation. Q, it's always a pleasure. You know that. Uh, thank you so much um, for uh, for dropping in the huddle and uh, shedding some light on a very important issue, and then also having some fun. Uh, after that as well Uh, you're always welcome you know that Uh, take care of yourself and we'll talk to you very soon down the line my man
2: so that was my conversation right there with Vinny Bonsignor from inside the huddle or in the huddle actually on Raider Nation Radio 920 of course he's from the Las Vegas Review Journal as well does a really good job and again I know I mentioned I was going to do the three most impactful players on defense we'll do that on tomorrow's show no doubt about that wanted to get that conversation in with Vinny from Tuesday's Raider Nation Radio thought that was really really good Fun conversation anytime I'm able to jump on with Vinny. Coming up at segment number three, your calls and text straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Before I get into that, though, I do want to tell you about a couple great sponsors here of the Locked On Raiders podcast. The first one is rockauto.com, and they are a family business. Been serving auto part customers online for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com right now. Shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers, and they got everything. They've got engine control parts, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Doesn't matter if your car's a classic or a daily driver, everything you need is a few easy clicks away and the parts are delivered directly to your door. Rockauto.com catalog is unique and super easy to navigate. You can see all the parts available for your vehicle. You choose the brands, you choose the specifications, and most importantly, the prices you prefer. That's right, the prices at rockauto.com are super low and the same for professionals as it is for do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Right now, go to rockauto.com, check out the parts available for your Car, truck, and while you're there, there's a box that said, How'd you hear about us? You write Locked On Raiders podcast. That's how they know that I sent you and I'm doing my job. Great selection, great low prices, all the parts your car is ever going to need, all at rockauto.com. I also want to tell you about Built Bar, and they've got nine great flavors right now to choose from. They always have occasional limited time flavors as well, but they've got nine to choose from salted caramel, double chocolate, peanut butter brownie, mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry. All those flavors, there's something for everyone. If you're not sure which one you want or maybe you like them all, get a mixed box. You'll get two of each. You'll get 18 bars. They're 100% covered in chocolate. They're softer, easy to chew, and most importantly, they're really good for you. That's the most important part. They're really good for you. So if you're watching the hoop game or you're watching a baseball game or you're just sitting around the house chilling and you want a snack, Built Bar is the way to go. BuiltBar.com. When you check out, use the promo code LOCK15. You'll save 15% off your order when you go to check out. Again, you want to save some money? Use the promo code LOCK15. That's BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCK15. Segment number three, it's up next.
0: Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team is every day.
2: Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked on Raiders podcast. Your calls and takes straight off that Locked on Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. That is a number. Let's start things off with a call from Dana from Boca Raton. He's calling to talk about the three most impactful players on the Raiders offense. Here he is, Dana from Boca Raton.
4: Hey there, Q. It's uh, Dana from Boca Raton, Florida, by way of SoCal. I am a uh, Southern California Raider fan out uh, here living in Florida. It's uh, calling again to Talk about the topics of the day. You know, I do agree with you about the um, most important guys on the offense being those three lineman positions that you mentioned, James, Gooder Simpson, and Leatherwood. And I do completely disagree with the guy from Seattle, the guy that said that this is the same, and worried about the same thing that they did there. It was not what they did at the Seahawks at all. Uh, so I like you so much, too. You always take everything in context and put all the stats out there. They used their draft capital in Seattle on all the other positions, and didn't draft offensive linemen. And then at one point, they decided to get defensive linemen that they tried to convert to offensive linemen because they were so desperate because Cable was convinced he could make them into better offensive linemen than what they already had. It's completely different from what they have here. And James, somebody that they developed, Leatherwood, who they've been watching for two years or more. Um, Lincoln Kennedy said that – Cable pointed out to him two years ago and they were looking at him and I don't think he was a reach at all. I believe he would have definitely been gone in the first round. Um, The guy from the Senior Bowl said so, so many others. Um, Lincoln Kennedy himself said he couldn't believe he fell to him. I'm I'm very confident what Leatherwood is and and Morrissey was another one that they had their eye on. Additionally, I think John Brown is going to be um, a factor for us this year. Uh, A lot like what you were hoping Jones would bring. He's got that 4-3 speed. He's going to make, bring in help to take that top off and open up rugs and everything else too. I think the addition of Drake and the um, progression of our young wide receivers, this offense is going to be unstoppable with a more athletic line that's going to get to the second level and push us and get those big runs instead of you know our guy Jacobs having to turn an 8-yard run into a 12-yard run all the time because the linemen weren't getting downfield. Additionally, uh, I did like the comments that Bradley made about littleton um I think that uh Littleton he was talking about possibly playing him at the Sam position the way he was talking about an edge setter you know I've spent a lot of time studying um Bradley's defense since uh we got him and, and uh you know he uses that leo or that, that defensive end that's not lined up on the tight end and uh as an edge setter and a pass rusher, he uses the big defensive end which would probably be cle Farrell on the passing downs excuse me, on the running downs. Then on the passing downs, it's a little different. His offense is spread out. But that Sam comes down on the 4-3 under, and he's the edge setter and covers the flats. And I think that he's got to figure out which one of the guys, Moro, or um, Littleton is really going to be able to fill that position in the 4-3.
2: There he goes right there. Dana from Boca Raton really broke it down right there, talking about those three most impactful players, agreeing with the offensive line that I mentioned, center, right guard, and Alex Leatherwood. Of course, the center is going to be Andre James. The right guard is kind of still up in question, and then Alex Leatherwood. And yeah, when you talk about Seattle, they definitely did some strange things as far as trying to build a makeshift offensive line, but... It is what it is. That's what they rolled with, and so we'll see how it all shakes out. And John Brown, he could open things up with that speed he has. He's just got to gotta stay healthy, and that's going to be a big question. But, uh, hey, man, they seem like they're on the right page right now, and they're going in the right direction, so that's a positive. Thank you so much for that call. Appreciate you. Next up, got a text from Avant Raider. He says, shout-out to Carl Nassib. Also, shout-out to the Raiders for continuing to elevating culture and social norms within the world and the NFL. Female exec. Black coach, Latino coach, Latino quarterback, gay players. Being a Raider is a state of mind, always pushing the boundaries and changing how we perceive players, coaches, and a sports organization. That's from Avant Raider, pretty short and sweet. And uh, yeah, again, and that's something I've been talking about throughout the course of uh, Tuesday and, and Monday. And, and uh, you know, just talking about Carl Nassib and again, going back to the history of the Raiders. And that's something that Mike and the Valley Joe had called in and, and talked about. And so, uh, yeah, that's definitely uh, something that the Raiders can hang their hat on. So definitely appreciate that text. Next up, got a call from Army Raider. He's calling to talk about Damon Arnett and what he thinks about not only the player, but the situation surrounding him. Here he is, Army Raider.
1: Hey, you. Boy, Army Raider here. Uh, happy late Father's Day to you and all the other fathers. and Just listen to your Monday podcast and the whole Damon Arnett scenario situation, people giving up. I'm not giving up on the kid, but It does show me something that's bugged me about the Raiders for a while, and something I think they need to address going forward is Gruden, Mayock, whoever falls in love with these guys, going back to McKenzie and even before them, and they draft. They draft based off the dude, but they don't draft based off scheme fit. So Barnett may have been a stud in what he did man-to-man at Ohio State, but then they bring him in and try to throw him in zone. I mean, he's the third Ohio State DB they've taken in the first round that well, just didn't fit the scheme. They've also done it on the defensive line, uh, linebacker core, whatever. So I think going forward, whenever they draft or shoot out in free agency to lock someone up, they need to start looking at the fit of the scheme as opposed to Oh, I like this guy. Anyways, that's just my two cents on the situation. Let's hope he adjusts and it's not another wasted first-round pick on a DB. Anyways, uh Much love and happiness to everybody, and Army Raider
2: out. There he is, Army Raider. Thank you so much for the call, and that's my thing, man. He's a really good press man corner, and the Raiders, like you mentioned, run zone most of the time, and you know, if you're going to take the best talent regardless in your opinion, you've got to allow them to do what makes them best. So if you're going to take a a, a man press corner, you've got to be able to say, hey, we're going to implement things that are going to help show what he does best. But I also think that Arnett has enough ability. I think he's talented enough to pick up the zone coverage and be able to thrive in it and, uh, you know, really have an opportunity to be a big time player. But again, he's just got to go ahead and tap into that potential. But all in all, I think Arnett's a really, really good player. I really do. I think he has a chance to be a, a, a stud, but you've got to tap into that potential. And it's going to have to happen during training camp. Thank you so much for that call. Next up, got a text from Nick in the OC. He says, hey Q. Nick from the OC again, how accurate are the Las Vegas odds of wins every year? I mean, the last two, three years, they've been pretty right on about the Raiders winning seven to eight or nine wins. This year, Vegas is forecasting seven and a half wins for our Raiders. This is very concerning. What are the odds of beating these odds? No pun intended. LOL. from Nick and the OC. And look, there's one thing I've learned. Vegas doesn't lose that often. You know, and really, that's the motto that the Raiders need to come up with. Vegas don't lose very often. But they, they usually are kind of spot on with what they do, you know, and even sometimes I look at it and say, oh, that's crazy. But, I mean, that's just – that's Vegas' odds, and every year there's always a team that beats the odds, even though Vegas says that that's what they're going to win. Uh, I think the Raiders have the potential to do that, but similar to what I was talking about with Damon Arnett, potential is only potential until you, you tap into it. So the Raiders are going to have to find a way to, and I think this is the reason why they're you know always slated to win seven, eight, nine games max, and this year 7.5, for example, is because they always have, the last few years at least, have had the second half of the season collapses. They've got to show that they can't do that or they're not going to do that. They've got to be able to get out of their own way and continue to win games. You've got to be able to finish the race as strong as you were at the beginning of the race. You've just got to be able to complete the mission. So that's what the Raiders' job is. When they start doing that, Vegas will start getting a bump and start getting them more wins. So thank you so much for that text. Appreciate you. Let me go ahead and get to one more call. We'll go to Elliot out of Santa Maria. He's calling to talk about the three most impactful players on the Raiders' offense and why he disagrees with my top three. Here he is, Elliot out of Santa Maria.
0: Yo, what's up, Q? It's Elliot calling out of Santa Maria, California. I just wanted to, uh, give you some feedback on your three most impactful Raiders on offense segment. Um, I agree with everything you said about Andre James. Um, I, I think he's a big person to look to for sure, but I disagree with your good Simpson and Leatherwood analysis. And instead I offer up, um, Foster Moreau and uh, Henry Ruggs slash Brian Edwards as the three important guys to look to on the offense. Um, Going back to, you know, Good, Simpson, and Leatherwood, um, I think Derek Carr and John Gruden have ways of playing and scheming the offense to get the ball out quick. And so in that sense, you know, I I think um, it's going to help Leatherwood, Good, and Simpson um, as they continue to grow and develop into their roles. I don't think they're going to be thrown into the fire, um, because of Zarek Carr's ability to get the ball out fast, but also because of John Gruden's ability to scheme up, uh, quick plays. So, you know, it's easier to hold the block. Um, at least I think it is anyway. <laughs> um, but anyway, going to my picks, Foster Moreau. Let's we'll start with him. Um, last year, Jason Winton played 404 snaps versus Foster Moreau's 255. Uh, By comparison, Derek Carrier had seven and Darren Waller had 992. Um, If we assume that Moreau is going to take most of Witten's snaps, that would mean that Moreau's snap count would be around 650, which, if that's true, that would mean that in 2020, uh, Moreau would have had more snaps than every skill position player except for Derek Carr, Nelson Aguilar, and Darren Waller. Um, So, you know, like Andre James, Moreau also has some big um, shoes to fill in terms of skill on the field, but also snap count as well. Um, But unlike Waller, um, in which we know who Darren Waller is, we don't really know everything about Foster Moreau's skill set. And although he's shown flashes, um, he's also been injured um i think this year he's gonna be a beast i think he's gonna surprise a lot of people and it definitely looks like he's putting in the work um on instagram and all that stuff so um, i'm looking forward to seeing him um and lastly q like what you did you know you gave us the twofer with john Simpson and denzel good i'm also giving us the twofer for and henry ruzz and um brian edwards um these receivers need to step it up, but the offense is going to go places this year. We lost our number one in uh, Nelson Aguilar, but I believe Edwards and Ruggs have all the keys to succeed. And um looking forward to them. Go Raiders.
2: There he goes. Really good call right there. Elliot, out of Santa Maria. And you're rolling with Andre James, Foster Moreau, and Henry Ruggs. Or Brian Edwards. They're kind of slashed there. Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards. And believe me, I respect that. And I understand exactly what you're saying about the potential of Moreau, Ruggs, and Brian Edwards. And we've seen Moreau flash his rookie year. We've seen a quick glimpse of Brian Edwards. We know how fast Henry Ruggs are. So all those make a lot of sense. But I just kind of go back to without the protection, Carr won't have the time to maximize those guys' talents. You know what I mean? Just really won't. Without that protection up front, and even though the offensive line last year wasn't as great as it's been in prior years with those guys that were up front, they were still pretty stinking good. They were pretty decent, at least. And so if this offensive line now put together in 2021 is not up to snuff and all of a sudden Carr is basically running for his life and we know he's not going to run for his life, but he's back there under duress. Then none of the players, none of them. I mean, Darren Waller's not going to matter. Josh Jacobs won't matter. Kenyon Drake's not going to matter. I mean, none of those guys are going to matter if, there is not good offensive line players. So that's why I keep going back to that. But hey, I totally understand what you're saying. Hopefully the offensive line is solid and those guys can be the most impactful players. That would be great. Thank you so much for that call. Definitely appreciate you. That's going to end today's show. Uh, again, uh, coming up on tomorrow's show, we will have the top three impactful defensive players on on the Raiders. We will have more news and notes, and we will have more calls and texts straight off that Locked on Raider podcast voicemail line. We'll be staring Thursday right in the face. That's coming up all tomorrow. So uh, Raider Nation, have a great day. Do what you do. Keep doing what you do. As a matter of fact, take care of your family. Most importantly, as always, just win, baby.